We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Support for this podcast comes from U.S. Bank. When it's time for a new credit card, the best ones do way more than just buy stuff. And that's why U.S. Bank offers credit cards that make every day more rewarding. Earn cash back. Score points when you shop, dine out, travel, or binge watch. Or get a low intro APR. U.S. Bank credit cards were designed to fit your lifestyle. So make every day more rewarding. And check out usbank.com slash credit card. U.S. Bank credit cards are issued by U.S. Bank National Association N.D. Some restrictions may apply. Member FDIC. They're going to kill the love of my life. Daisy! If I don't go back to what I was doing. This Friday. Our line of work is quite brutal and quite ruthless. How far would you go for love? You steal truck, bring it to me. Then you make your money. Is it dangerous? Of course it's dangerous! Nicholas Holt, Felicity Jones, with Ben Kingsley and Anthony Hopkins. All this trouble, all this pain for love. Collide in theaters Friday. Rated PG-13. Maybe inappropriate for children under 13. Tuesday Roto-Wire Daily Fantasy Sports Podcast, sponsored by FanDuel, who'd like to remind you to be sports rich. I'm Jake Letarski, joined today first by Ben Miller. Later on, John McKechnie's going to join us. Ben's here to talk hoops. John will join to talk some uh, NFL running back DFS for Week 11 here. You can follow Ben on Twitter at BenMandoingWork. You can follow me at Jakeski52. Real quick, if you have a second to uh, give us a nice rating and review on iTunes or Stitcher, whatever platform you happen to be listening on, that's a huge help for us. Ben, welcome. Thank you for joining me today. Let's kick things off with a little NBA action here. The center position on FanDuel. You only get one. It's not right. like any of the other positions. Right. So uh, you got to make some tough choices. There are three guys that uh, are, are solid op- or I mean, some of the higher price guys. I don't know if you, I mean, some people might want to go value, but I don't know. I think you want to get one of these three guys in your lineup. You got Hassan Whiteside at 8,500. Big Cat, Carl Anthony Towns, 8,400. Or Dwight Howard at 7,900. Who's your man out of those three? Yeah, um, you know, with the Heat, they're really, really struggling early this season. Mm-hmm. Um, but Whiteside has definitely been one of their bright spots. Uh, looks like he's averaging 18.1 points, 14.9 rebounds, and uh, 2.4 blocks per game. 
Um, however, I was looking back at his game logs, and if you look at you know who he's played so far, he, he kind of fades when he's um, you know taking on some of the league's better centers. Uh, for example, in their November seventh matchup with Oklahoma City, he was going against you know Stephen Adams. Um, he was locked up for just five points and twelve boards. Um, also against Sacramento on November first, he was going up against DeBarcus Cousins. Yeah, and his numbers looked a bit down as well. You know, at fourteen points, eleven boards. I mean, that's not horrible. Um, but if you're paying up for a guy in the the mid yeah. to mid to high eight thousands, yeah. that's uh, not hitting value. Right? For yeah, you need to hit some big numbers. And I, and I bring that up because Whiteside's um, actually facing off against you know one of our other higher salary guys, Dwight Howard. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, so with those two facing off, I feel like they're going to give each other fits. Um, so I'm, I'm kind of leaning more towards Carl Anthony Towns here. Mm-hmm. Um, he's got a decent matchup against Cody Zeller. Um, he, he doesn't get as many boards as, as, as these, those other two guys, but he's, he's the more prolific scorer, and I think he could definitely have mm-hmm. a, a decent chance to um, put up some points against a struggling Hornets. Or actually, the Hornets are playing pretty well this season, but um, a, a down front court, I should say. You okay. know, I, th- I think he's right, a good matchup there. Yeah, I believe, didn't Zeller just get a whole lot richer with their contract extension? He, that he did. That, that he, he did. did. A yeah. couple Indiana guys signed on the same day. The thing I remember about Big Cat from watching him in college, of course, a lot, uh, is that he's excellent around the rim. He had one of the best tipping rates of, uh, in all of college basketball. But since he's gone to the pro game, what reminds me, what has stood out to me, is developing more of a mid-range and outside game. And that yeah, really yeah. brings so much versatility to him and uh, also puts that ceiling just a little bit higher. So, yeah. That's yeah, exactly what you're looking yeah, for. His scoring punch is looking pretty pretty good this year. Yeah, right on. All right, so looking at the uh, entire slate as a whole, no Hardens, Westbrooks, those type of players, no Durants here on the slate tonight a little bit. Uh, it's only a five-game slate here. So out of those five games, top price guy on the board, uh, LeBron James at small forward, 9,900. I know he's been off to a pretty excellent start. Is he someone that you lock in or fade tonight, Ben? I, I'm honest, I think I'm just going to go ahead and start him. You know, despite being the top overall salaried player, like you said, um, it's not an absurd salary. Uh, you, like you usually see with, you know, the James Harden and Anthony Davises of the world. Um, you know, 9,900 9, is, is pretty manage- manageable, and it, you know, it still allows you to fit in another elite player um, mm-hmm. alongside him. Uh, I think he, let's see, he's averaging 47 Fandle points. Um, on the years, 22.9 points per game, 9.1 assists, and 8.9 rebounds. Um, so basically a triple-double, um, which yeah. is great. I mean, the second the second game of the season at Toronto was the only game that he hasn't scored more than 41 FanDuel points. So yeah. you get a pretty high floor with LeBron. Right, right. I don't know. It's, it's a rematch of the Eastern Conference Finals from last year. Uh, I feel like James is one of those guys that steps up in big games and mm-hmm. and just tries to make things uh, tries to shoulder the load there. Mm-hmm. So and uh, there's not as much blowout potentially like the games. I mean, a lot exactly. of times you look at high over unders and and point spreads and stuff like that. But if they're going to be in a close game, uh, then there you go. So like for example, I'm just going to translate it to my college game. You know, normally you don't uh, you don't go after Big Ten opponents. You know, you got Kentucky and Michigan State tonight, but I think that game's going to be close. Maybe some OT. Yeah. So I'm going to get I'm going to get some action from that right. in my college yeah, salary cap formats here. But anyway, shifting away from that, uh, back to NBA here. we got Brooklyn at Los Angeles is the highest over-under on the day at 220. Ben, uh, you probably want to get a piece of this game if you can. How are you attacking it? Yeah, I, I do like Julius Randle. Um, he's a guy that I frequently use in my DFS lineups. Um, so it's actually just a bonus that he's part of the highest over-under game. Mm-hmm. Um, he's, he's affordable at 6,400. Well, you know, one of those middle-tiered guys. Um, I believe he's averaged just under 30 FanDuel points so far this season. I mean, it's not spectacular, uh, but still solid for that, you know, $6,400 salary. Uh, you know, his biggest strength is rebounding, but he also can um, score the ball pretty well. Uh, what is he averaging? 13.9 points and 8.2 rebounds per game. 
Um, so yeah, I think the fact that he's playing in you know what's expected to be the most outpaced game of the night, I, I think mm-hmm. that's you know, it gives him worth a look as, as well. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, he does have a pretty decent ceiling too. He scored forty. He's got a couple of thirty-nine point efforts on the season, so it, it's there. I mean, he, there's pretty much a twenty to forty range for someone like Randall. So uh, yeah, but I mean, with the uppace, uptempo game, you got to imagine that he'll be able to produce a little bit tonight. Right. Uh, let's look at the injury report, Ben. Uh, a couple, um, couple of somewhat big names here maybe some potential dfs opportunities uh starting with zach levine and the timberwolves uh you kind of explain his situation and if he wouldn't play who would maybe step up yeah he's got a knee injury um still considered questionable up to you know before the start of this um mm-hmm. pod what are we at Twelve twenty central time yep um it, uh, Coach Thibodeau hasn't really said much on the injury other than that he was going to be reevaluated uh, at some point today before the game. Um, he already missed Saturday's game against the Lakers. Um, and it was actually a surprising game because Namaja Bielitsa, I mean, I'm not sure That's if I'm saying that right. That's a solid pronunciation. Yeah, it's, it's, it was worth a shot there. <laughs> uh, but yeah, he started in this place. I um, mean, he, he had himself a game, dude. He went, went off for 24 points, eight rebounds, three assists, and three steals. Um, I mean, this guy's sitting at 4,000. If if we can get you know a Levine ruled out before lineups lock, I mean that's that's a great look. Yeah, um, he played like forty one minutes, which is which is huge for a guy like that. So yeah, um, so potential one of the top value plays. Of the yeah, night, ben. I, definitely. I, 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 do, yep. I like that absolutely. Any other NBA injuries you're watching out for? Um, I think we can look at J.R. Smith. Um, he missed Sunday's uh, game as well with an ankle injury. Currently considered questionable. I think Dunle- Mike Dunleavy started for him. Um, but he struggled. Uh, I wouldn't give him a look, honestly. I remember Dunn 3v from his days with the Bucks, but you know. Yeah, I'd avoid him for yeah. now. Um, if anything, maybe look at Shumpert off the bench. I mean, we try and avoid mm-hmm. bench players, um, but Shumpert ended up playing 32 minutes with JR out. Um, so, I mean, he's only 3,900. Could be another, you know, pump play option. Probably a GPP like a flyer. Here. Right, it's, right. It's a little bit too risky to go within your cash games, but again, trying to win life changing amounts of cash in your tournaments. Uh, yeah. Then, then, you know, then someone free, you yeah. might take a look at. Exactly. All right. Uh, I think the only other injury on the day then is Dragic. Um, I think he's currently. I think he just uh, got placed too doubtful, so he, he's probably mm-hmm. going to sit out. Um, could give some additional opportunities for guys like Josh Richardson and Deion Waiters. Um, Waiters blew up for 27 points in their last game, so um, he could be another cheap look. Uh, looks like he's at 4,300. Um, so yeah, I, th- I think that could be you know an option to look into as well. All right, excellent. Uh, last but not least, any other players that are worth keeping an eye on tonight, Ben? Um, I, Gorky Jang, I think you can look at. I, th- I believe earlier in the season he was upwards of the mid six thousands, if not a little higher. Mm-hmm. Um, so he, his value has definitely dropped. Um, and he brings, I mean, rebound, possible block upside, you know, can get post-scoring yeah, for you. He, so. Yeah, he's a cross-category guy for sure. Um, so I think he's worth a look at in the 5,000s for sure. Um, 5,400 for Gorgie, it looks like. Yeah, yeah. I think that's that's pretty good value for a guy like that who can, you know, get that cross-category production. All right, absolutely. Well, thanks again for uh, joining us, Ben, to run down the entire uh, evening, the five-game slate tonight. Good luck on FanDuel in that NBA action. Don't miss the free fantasy basketball contest on FanDuel. You can win a trip to Brooklyn where you and a friend will sit courtside with Brandon Marshall of the Jets. You want to ask him how uh, how the switch to Bryce Petty is treating him? Uh, there you go. There's your chance. So you're going to join Brandon Marshall to watch Golden State take on Brooklyn. Travel and airfare will be included. Just go to FanDuel.com slash wire to play now. That's FanDuel.com slash wire. Get your chance to meet Brandon Marshall and join him courtside for 
a uh, Nets-Warriors game. Sounds like an excellent opportunity. All right, folks, it's time to welcome back John McKechnie to the show. We're going to pick up with some Week 11 running back discussion. You can follow John on Twitter at J-O-H-N-N-Y-M-C-K-E-C-H-S. That reads Johnny McKex. We'll get into Week 11 running backs, but, John, I know you're one of our biggest college football guys on staff. Uh, there's so many teams getting upset like crazy, which, I mean, out of all the big upsets, you know, the Clemson, the Michigan, the Washington, what, which one was the biggest surprise to you? Uh, you got to go with uh, probably Pitt uh, being able to beat Clemson. Mm-hmm. I mean, they're not only beating Clemson, they beat them in Death Valley. That's a very, very uh, tough thing to do. Uh, but I feel like Clemson is, has been uh, kind of playing with fire a little bit for a lot of the season. They mm-hmm. haven't looked particularly sharp. They haven't looked at all like they did last year, really. And uh, a lot of kind of close or unimpressive wins throughout the season. And the way they played on, on Saturday, they just kind of – it mm-hmm. se- feel like uh, they expected to win no matter what, and Pitt, you know, obviously was like, uh, yeah, we'll see about that. And, you know, mm-hmm. they, they played hard for 60 minutes, and they came out with the win as they should have. Yeah, I was kind of monitoring that scoreboard throughout the day, and it always seemed like Clemson was a touchdown ahead, and they could kind of drive down and score at will. So I wasn't really worried, and then I got the notification at the end, like, oh, wait a minute, they actually lost? Like, <laughs> to a kicker uh, named Blewett, which is like the worst name for a kicker ever, but, I mean, good for him for to not blow it. wonder if he has any relation to Trayvon Blewett, the Xavier basketball player. Uh, you know, They don't just, really look like they're in the same family but i mean maybe yeah who knows i guess we'll see let's jump to week 11 john where there's some pretty big uh, backs on a bye so uh Devontae Freeman and the Falcons, of course, will be sitting out week 11, as will Devontae Booker and the Broncos. Uh, no Matt Forte for the Jets. No Melvin Gordon for the Chargers here. So throw those guys out of the player pool. Let's start off with some Thursday night action here. Uh, the Saints head to Carolina. This is the first good Thursday night game since the opener? I mean, is that a fair assessment? Uh, I mean, are you trashing on that Ravens-Browns game from last week? Oh, gee, I mean, <laughs> as far as, like, point spread and competitiveness, you, uh, you, you can't dog me for uh, for liking your Ravens blowout, right? No, nah, I, I mean, that's uh, that that uh, that was being facetious there. I mean, I think uh, this is a game that's, yeah, I mean, it, it should be at least competitive. I think that's that's mm-hmm. the main uh, thing that we've been looking for. It's, it feels like, you know, the NFL is starting to, to wake back up a little bit. We've had some really down weeks and some down uh, national TV games and that explains that all the, the ratings panic and such but this is a nice divisional matchup that I always enjoy watching the Saints and Panthers uh, match up so this should be a fun one yeah absolutely so uh, let's look at it from a running back perspective here uh, John Stewart is 7,000 of course he gets this New Orleans Saints defense that uh, is what fourth most fantasy points to opposing running backs here uh, I mean they're giving up Jeez, let's see, uh, 4.7 yards a carry, something along those lines here. So they're kind of right there with the 49ers in terms of just uh, overall just not being good. i got to correct that. They're only giving up 4.1 yards per carry, but 108 yards on the ground and 12 touchdowns here. So, okay. I mean, the New Orleans defense is uh, has been one to target. Do you target them by using John Stewart? I mean, that, Stewart would be the only uh, Panthers running back you use at this point, obviously. He's, he's mm-hmm. certainly the featured back there, but, I mean, you always run into the risk, as we saw last week, of Cam Newton getting into the end zone on a run as opposed to Stewart. And Stewart, I mean, he's got 28 carries over the last two weeks, and those have culminated in 81 yards. Those are not very impressive numbers. Cam uh, Newton was the rushing leader last week, to put that in perspective. Right. Unfortunately, cannot use Cam in your running back spot. <laughs> right. Um, but, I mean, we're looking at Stewart. That's seven thousand right there. I mean, that's that's a 
not that's not particularly cheap for a guy that's that's mm-hmm. been putting up really middling production. I understand that the Saints present a much easier challenge than did like the Chiefs mm-hmm. run defense last week, uh, but I don't think it's really enough for me to to really uh, want to get in in on this game for for daily purposes. Yeah, yeah, I hear you. I think some of it is maybe FanDuel trying to react to what they presume will be uh, a projected ownership change here, so they need to make his price high enough. So, so if Stewart was six thousand, then his ownership would probably oh, be yeah, off the, the charts. So you know that. They're try- trying to curb that here. I mean, I don't know. I'm just kind of speculating there. What about the Saints side? I mean, Mark Ingram, 6,100. Tim Hightower, 6,000. It seems like the carries, or the trajectory at least, is heading more towards Ingram. Obviously, the younger, more athletic, higher upside back here. But draws a tough matchup against Luke Keekley and the Panthers. Right, and I think this backfield situation is just a mess for for fantasy purposes. I mean, Ingram got 52% of the running back touches last weekend, uh, and Hightower, I think, got 40. Um, so that's just sort of a very muddled picture that that's there. Um, I think Ingram... You know, he got those 52% of the touches after sort of being in the or perceived to be in the doghouse uh, heading into that game against San Francisco. Then he exploded with a huge game uh, and totally burned everyone that benched him. But, we, you know, we got a situation here where we're still going to have Hightower seeing touches, uh, taking away snaps from Ingram. And that that Carolina run defense, I mean, as disappointing as Carolina has been across the board this year, uh, their run defense is still as stout as ever. I think it's like fourth, or it was ranked like fourth in defensive DVOA against the run heading into last week. So that's a challenge to definitely stay away from. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think we're definitely on the same page here, John. If you're going to use any running back, I mean, you probably want to avoid the Saints running backs altogether. But if you use one, it's got to be Ingram. I think this Hightower momentum is starting to end. Just eight carries for 21 yards. He under four yards per carry on the season at 3.9 so his, his three games since kind of being featured a little bit more the game against Seattle he still averaged under four yards a carry so as did he averaged only 3.8 yards per carry against the San Francisco 49ers that should tell you something right all right and then uh, 2.6 against Denver who I mean yeah that, that's understandable because of the Denver defense but the Denver run defense has been opened up a little bit that's I don't want to say exposed completely but not as quite as stellar as the past defense there over in Denver so uh you know had a couple of opportunities and not quite and so Hightower not really an option for me this week here let's look at the Sunday slate though John uh the first tier a man in a tier of his own and rightfully so is Le'Veon Bell at 9100 at the Browns here I mean yeah, the Browns added Jamie Collins to their defense here. I don't think one man's going to fix that gigantic mess. But Le'Veon Bell, is it worth paying up for this week? I mean, if, if you're gonna if you're gonna pay over nine thousand, you want that running back to be going against a Cleveland or a San Francisco or mm-hmm. a New Orleans. Uh, and you know, obviously, this this lines up. This meets that criteria. I could totally see where you can justify uh, uh, using Bell this week. I mean, he's mm-hmm. as we saw. Uh, Sunday against the against the Cowboys even if he's not having a great game on the ground and I think he will be uh he's still such a threat uh in the passing game you know it you know if if Roethlisberger just dumps it off to him in the flat you know there, there's a very good chance of Le'Veon getting 10 15 or, or more yardage I mean absolutely the, the guy's just unbelievable with the ball in his hands so going against the Cleveland defense uh that's just like a sign me up like that is a very chalky play it is 9100 so you you know you're gonna have to factor that in kind of it's not as bad as 9400 David Johnson last week at that's least true. right that's true so something yeah see I think you want to you want to pick on the Browns in some way shape or form no matter what you always do <laughs> and I don't think it's a good idea necessarily to try to pick on the Browns by using Big Ben and Antonio Brown because once they get ahead by two three four scores 
do they really need to pass anymore? Yeah, do they really the need to the use ball. all use all their missiles? You know, might as well just uh, continue to run the ball. And uh, Le'Veon Bell's been the guy. So in that case, I think you get at the very least you get four quarters out of Le'Veon Bell, where you might only get a half out of Antonio Brown. Basically, yeah, yeah. Hey, who knows? Maybe the Browns are competitive at home. I I don't think they will be, but uh, you know, just throwing that out here. Here, second tier though, John Zeke Elliott, eighty seven hundred against your Ravens. Uh, Demarco Murray, eighty five hundred at Indy. David Johnson, eighty four hundred at Minnesota. So. Got a couple of tough matchups here. Zeke Elliott, probably the uh, redraft number one pick right now, but gets a tough matchup against your Ravens here. I know people might be on him after uh, hitting essentially 40 FanDuel points. He won He won me some money last week. Mm-hmm. Don't have him in season long, so I'm glad I can use him in daily. But Baltimore presents a bit of a tough matchup for him. Are, are you going to fade Zeke because of that? Yes, I am, actually. And it's not just the homerism. It's, it's uh, the fact that you know Zeke just played a really grinding game mm-hmm. uh, against the Steelers. Uh, he's 8,700 going against Baltimore, who had the number one rated uh, DVOA uh, heading into last week. They they lead the league in uh, rushing yards uh, allowed per or yards per carry allowed at 3.3. So they've overtaken your Packers now. Um, <laughs> oh, yep. Yeah, I mean that was a matter of time. The Packers matched their single season rushing yards allowed per game on the first play of Sunday's game. <laughs> right. It just absolutely. Yeah. Demarco Murray went untouched. So here, there's a lot wrong with the Packers. That just being one thing. But yeah. Anyway, and side I note. Think, I want to like toss in the fact that the Ravens will also they're coming into this game with a little bit of extra rest having played last Thursday and then also uh Swain who's uh the Cowboys sort of blocking tight end uh just tore his peck so he's out for the season uh that's apparently a pretty big blow to their to their run game the push they get up front to the side there so I think that Zeke might have a little bit harder time uh running to daylight this week and I I think it's going to be a little bit tougher for him to uh hit that uh value at 8700 I mean I can very much see 100 yards and a touchdown 15 to 18 fantasy points here but are you really hitting value at 8700 there probably not probably not you might want to look towards other other options uh i love the other two options yeah the other two options yeah you got david johnson at minnesota 8400 now minnesota's been pretty stout against the run this year i think the the attractive one yeah they have slipped Uh, yes i want to hear about that from from you john Uh, on paper my initial impress impression was demarco murray uh is the would be the chalk one at, at at Indianapolis, but uh, you can make a case for David Johnson. Yeah, I think absolutely. I think that uh, the the problem is is twofold with the Vikings right now. That their offense is so uh, just in so much trouble right now as far as their offensive line is concerned. So they're having so many three and outs, so many quick drives. It feels like so that defense is just on the field all the time, and uh, that's that's going to be a problem. You're going to get tired against a guy like David Johnson. It's conducive for the start of the year, but unsustainable for 16 games to depend on your defense solely to win games. Yeah, exactly. And, and you know, and it, things got worse with uh, Jake Long, I think, tearing his Achilles. So, I mean, they might have to slide Alex Boone to tackle. That's mm. not a, that's not his natural position. I think that, that, uh, that Arizona defense is going to feast on the Vikings offense. And with that, Arizona is going to, possess the ball a ton on Sunday and I think that presents just a huge mm-hmm. problem for the Vikings I think David Johnson uh you know you shouldn't be scared off by by your perceptions of of the Minnesota defense because it has slipped in recent weeks and it's yeah. only going to get worse yeah David Johnson has so many ways to be fantasy productive whether it's catching the ball out of the backfield whether even if he only averages three three and a half yards per carry he's still probably going to get the ball 30 times so yeah, that's exactly. good enough volume I guess based on Lamar Miller rules mm-hmm. so uh so yeah I mean I think uh yeah so late on Bell, number one, you could probably play him, save a little bit of money and go Murray or Johnson. I think those are both uh, uh, pretty much 
I mean, they're a little chalky matchups, and I think you can uh, probably won't be able to fit both in, so something you want to consider here. Let's look at that third tier, though, John. 7,500 to 7,900. We got Spencer Ware, 7,700 against Tampa Bay. Jay Ajayi, 7,600 at Los Angeles. LaShawn McCoy, 7,500 coming off a of bye week at Cincinnati. Anybody in particular you like here? Um, you like the fact that, that Ware, in his return to action Sunday, you know, kind of resumed his workhorse role. He got 76% of the touches. Uh, you're not really worried about Sharkandrick West uh, sort of taking taking away touches because not only is West getting not very many carries, he's not doing a whole lot with them. So Ware is the guy there. So you do have to like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's going to be at home. Tampa Bay's run defense is like middling, maybe like mm-hmm. clo- bordering on top 10 as yeah. far as your run defense is concerned. You know, they got so. G- Gerald McCoy to kind of clog things up a little bit, but also, you know, if they're on the field too long, those mm-hmm. kind of can, maybe conditioning comes into play. So uh, generally they're more susceptible to the pass here. Right. But, you know, if they get worn down, you never know. And, and I like the volume for Spencer Ware. Exactly. I'm uh, a little concerned about the price, though. 7700 yeah, That's that is, a little much that is for kinda me. high. Um I don't know about you, but how do you feel about using running backs against the Rams? It just feels like the Rams will just drag anybody down into the mud with them and just have an ugly, ugly game. So I feel like Ajayi Mm -hmm. might be in for a bit of a long day here. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I'm Uh, I'm totally going to fade Ajayi this week. I mean, I I think I'm going to start him. See, now now I've got a tough one. I want to start him in my flex and my season long, but because my other options are like maybe Rashard Matthews or or Eli Rogers, those types of players, and it is full PPR, so I'm not sure about that. But, I mean, the, the, the Rams, they have a solid front seven here. Say what you want about that team as a whole, but you got Aaron... Aaron Donald and Robert Quinn on that defensive line. My dog, uh, Alec yeah. Ogletree. Yeah, Ogletree kind of stuffing things up the middle. I mean, these guys are monsters, and uh, they're 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 going to do they're doing some things, and they're and they're stopping running backs outside of you know the first week of the season against Carlos Hyde. They've been pretty strong against the run here. So Jai, I'd like to think he. I mean, we've got him ranked pretty highly, top ten back rest of season. Mm-hmm. I'd like to think he's almost matchup proof at this point, but I'm not quite ready to give him that complete devotion yet. So yeah. I might look to some wideouts in a PPR format I, th- I think that's a good call and i think sammy Coates has has another broken finger on his hand so rogers might actually be get in mm-hmm. line for some more targets i know it's a wide receiver talk there but you know yeah. just throwing it out there and then uh deep gpp play <laughs> as far as mccoy is concerned i mean did you watch the giants game last night the giants can't run the ball ever and they were totally gashing the Bengals. yeah which was which was really odd to me i thought i you know i had considered okay maybe use paul perkins as a gpp play you know one of those minimum priced options throwing it out there but rashad jennings actually played pretty well he and awesome. it, it, they, he wore him down in the end at the end of the game i think most of his rushing t- carries or, or yards came towards the end of that game so i think uh that was just a good game flow for for jennings and yeah the Bengals didn't look great and no. the sean mccoy is rested well the sean mccoy is rested so you assume that that uh any any of that hamstring string should mm-hmm. be cleared up by now and since he will be on a short week i mean i i do like mccoy a lot from this tier actually now that I, now that i think about it more and more mm-hmm. yeah i think he's someone that i will absolutely consider using there's so many uh wide receiver kind of uh like uh, cheap value plays that you can generally find definitely tune in tomorrow yeah. to check those guys out but uh, I think this might be a week to pay up on running backs because there are a lot of good ones here so we talked to all the top tier running backs John but if you're starting off with a 50-50 if you're going to do a one dollar double up if you're going to do any kind of cash game where you need to have a high floor in your lineup you got to pick one lock for your cash games who is that player going to be 
my chalk play, uh, it would have to be DeMarco Murray against Indianapolis. I think that that, that Tennessee mm-hmm. offense is just rolling right now. It's, it's, it's so multiple. It's so dangerous. Um, and DeMarco is certainly a big reason behind that. Uh, his resurgence this year, again, has been one of my favorite stories across all of fantasy football and football in general this year. And uh, mm-hmm. I think Indianapolis is not uh, built to stop uh, that offense at all. They, I think they they are notoriously soft against the run. I know they're coming off a bye, so they'll be a little bit rested or whatever, but I, I don't think that really matters. Mm-hmm. I think that uh, that Tennessee line is going to beat them up, and I think DeMarco's going to benefit, and I think he could, you know, he might be a guy that goes for well over 100 yards and two scores. Mm-hmm. And this is just a gut observation. I don't have a ton of data to back, back this up, but the Colts defense tends to generally struggle even more against pass catching backs, and DeMarco Murray is excellent in the street screen game. We saw last week he can even throw a touchdown pass. Yeah, that was uh, awesome. Yeah, that, I mean, not awesome if you're a Packer fan, but I guess uh, oh, yeah, you and I differ right. on that. But um, <laughs> I'm agnostic but, towards the Packers. I don't root against the Packers yeah, for the yeah. record. Yeah, yeah, I hear you. But I mean, so DeMarco Murray is excellent in the screen game, so that's that that does really well for him too. So I think maybe the Colts will have a tough time and defending that. Indianapolis 31st against opposing running backs in the passing game. So in excellent the call game. there. Okay, excellent. So the, yeah, excellent for finding. Thanks for finding some data, man. Well, that was course, a good. Man. That was a good find. Uh, but but yeah, I agree. I, a, a pass catching back like Demarco Murray can especially tear up the Colts, and I, I agree with you. That'll happen um, on, on on Sunday here. My pick for cash games. I'm going to go a little cheaper to a tier we didn't even get to. And I know you may. I could be accused of a little bit of recency bias here, but Legarrette Blunt sits at 7,300, and he's at San Francisco here. I mean, it's the Niners. It's chalk. You know, we used to do the Ralph Wiggum chalk play of the day on XM radio here. And I think LeGarrette Blunt being only 7,300, that somehow puzzles me. I seem like I'm reading these stats every week, but the 49ers against the run, 180 yards per game allowed, 13 touchdowns allowed. That's tied for the most, I'm sorry, the uh, the Chargers have allowed 14 touchdowns on the ground here, but other than that, the Niners up top there. 5.1 yards per carry to a opposing backs. I mean, they just 12 carries of 20 plus yards allowed. Nobody else has more than nine, it looks like. I mean, the 49ers cannot stop the run nope. at all. And LeGarrette Blunt's coming off a week in which he was heavily featured, scored three times, you know, could have been four times if, if they'd have given him the ball in the end zone instead of trying those Brady sneaks and, and Gronk fades here. Yeah, so. And if Gronk doesn't play, that's one li- – I mean, that's all the more reason for, mm-hmm. for uh, New England to just bludgeon, bludgeon uh, yep. LeGarrette Blunt into the end zone. Yeah, side, I, I did see an update on Gronk that said maybe it's not as serious as originally anticipated. It's not like a, a bruised lung. It's more like a chest – contusion of sorts it's a situation to watch and monitor all sure. week long here with Gronk but yeah giving them one less red zone option could only mean good things for LeGarrette yeah. Blunt. I just I don't understand why LeGarrette Blunt isn't quite up top in like the $8,500 range or I mean he's cheaper than your wares your Ajayis he's cheaper than I, I mean I just I feel like you have to put LeGarrette Blunt in there yeah I, I really like that call so so we'll see about that here comes Sunday here what if we're doing some tournaments kind of trying to go against the grain stay away from the pack here uh well I'm not staying away from the pack but that's another story we're playing GPPs and uh you're looking to uh kind of go with a little contrarian something different uh who are you liking in your uh, big tournaments on Sunday uh, I think Theo Riddick is always a guy I'll consider when he gets a matchup like this one. I think that he's kind of established himself as like the the lead guy in that backfield, and obviously he's a 
he's a great pass catcher as well. So you, you got to like that factor. And then, uh, so he's at 6,700 going against the Jags. Like that a lot. And then if you're feeling just like absolutely crazy. And Extra like, gutsy. Yeah. I mean, this is, and you're also playing a, a slate that includes the Monday nighter. Um, you know, if Lamar Miller's a little bit limited and, and the Texans want to use a bit of a, a committee at running back on Monday night, Akeem Hunt is a possibility. Uh, I mean, he's a guy that's extremely explosive. I think he had like nine carries last week and you know, ran for, let's see here, um, fifty-two eight carries for 52 yards. Uh, he was a kick returner at Purdue. I remember him just unbelievably fast. Um, I think he was a track guy too, mm-hmm. in fact. Uh, and the Raiders' run defense – uh, is actually pretty soft overall. They they give up a, a lot of yards per carry. One thinks, oh, Cleo Mack, he's going to stuff that. But, you know, one player doesn't quite make I the mean, whole defense. just run away from him, run to the other side. I don't know. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but, um, let's, I mean, I just think that it, it might just be crazy enough to work, basically. is I'm throwing it out there. He's a minimum price guy. Mm-hmm. If you really are loaded up at all your other positions with studs, Hunt could be a viable minimum price option. Yeah, I, I definitely like where you're going there, and I think that could be a little bit of a sneaky play here. One guy I like for just $1,000 more than the minimum is James Starks of the Packers. Now, James Starks made his return last week against the Titans, but never really got a chance to get going because, I mean, it was like you snap your fingers and the Packers were down two scores, and they pretty much stayed down two or more scores the entire rest of the game here. So normally Aaron Rodgers, Mike McCarthy, they wanted to vote and try to establish the run game. Didn't ever get a chance to do that here but I think there's a chance they could do that on the road in Washington I mean if you're looking at standard fantasy points yeah Washington's the fifth worst team against opposing running backs here so something to watch there uh so I think uh Starks is the guy I mean Ty Montgomery was really a non-factor in the backfield in that game and again there just weren't a lot of opportunities but uh, you know Starks gets another week of practice under his belt he he tested the knee out he feels comfortable I think he's ready to go for a pretty uh he's gonna have a pretty big role and it's all about opportunity in this you know so for 5,500, someone that you might want to take a look at here. I also, keeping in the NFC North, I want you, I want everyone to keep an eye on Jordan Howard's injury because yeah. it's it's really vague right now. It's an ankle or Achilles and, you know, John Fox maybe not being entirely straightforward with that situation. But if he sits for whatever reason, then all of a sudden Jeremy Lankford and maybe even Kitty and Carey can, uh, I would say, lean more towards Lankford than Carey oh, yeah. on a one-week basis just because uh, there's more that uh, Lankford can do catching out of the backfield and whatnot. But I think those guys are worth watching for GPP plays if Howard sits. I think absolutely. And, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll see those practice reports starting to come out tomorrow mm-hmm. but you know it, the fact that it, it went from like the last thing we saw was like a po- possible Achilles and then John Fox just stops talking about the injury that's red flag right there mm-hmm. yeah so wait and see on that another reason uh, just as good as any reason to tune in to rotowire.com this week before we sign off we have a special offer for new FanDuel users get a free six month subscription with a $10 deposit on FanDuel go to fanduel.com slash RW not only will you get the free subscription but you'll have that $10 available to play with on FanDuel it's over $40 in value for just 10 bucks. Go to FanDuel.com slash RW. If you're already a FanDuel user and still want to check out the site, just go to RotoWire.com slash pod. That is RotoWire.com slash P-O-D. We'll hook you up with a free 10-day trial. No strings attached. Once again, I'm Jake Letarski. You can find me on Twitter at JakeSki52. And I'm John McKechnie. You can follow me on Twitter at Johnny McKechnie. The RotoWire Daily Fantasy Sports Podcast will return Wednesday with Paul Bruno and James Seltzer. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. 
Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.